I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part? It's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, get up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost on the Gambit DC app, online, or at any Gambit DC retail location throughout the district. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the whole field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please buy responsibly. Hey there. Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Quality of Life show with Nancy and Lisa. You know, we're the publishers of Big Blend magazines and also full-time travelers on our Love Your Parks tour. Today, we're going to talk about a serious topic. It's about who's behind mass killers. Uh, the, you know, there's a lot of shootings have been going on across the country, and we are welcoming psychotherapist and author P. Siobhan Scott, and she's joining us to talk about her latest book, the Minds of Mass Killers, Understanding and Interrupting the Pathway to Violence. It's really something very topical right now. Um, you know, just it seems like every other day we turn on the news and mm -hmm. it's another shooting and it's almost become a numb thing. You know, how many people do you know in your life that is connected in some way to a shooting or some kind of mass killing? And uh, this is something just really prevalent in society, not just in this country. So uh, I want you to go to our website. It's pshavonscott.com. So that's the initial P and then S-H-A-V-A-U-N scott.com. Just proving I can spell because we got a psychotherapist on the show and she might be looking in my eyes and going, Ooh. okay, <laughs> but welcome to the show. How are you, Siobhan? Thank you. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. You know, this is uh, your second book, right? The first one was yes. about gaming. Is, and yes, is that electronic gaming addiction, which at the time I wrote the book, not much was known and it was considered kind of a, a strange topic. And then since then with gaming having, you know, become 98% of everybody plays video games of some sort, um, it's, it's, it, the messages continued to be relevant. So. Oh, wow. And in those games, you're usually blowing somebody up or something up. Um, many of them. Yeah, mm. there are a lot of, of other kinds of games, but mm. probably the majority and certainly the majority of young men who play are playing war games, some kind of battle game. Oh, wow. wow. Mm -hmm. Does that equate to something in real life? I mean, just connecting the two books in a way. That's a really, really good um, point to cover because that was originally back when Columbine happened. Um, you know, there mm -hmm. were actually congressional hearings about violence in video games mm -hmm. with the idea that we ought to censor them. We ought to ban video games. And that has not been shown to be true mm -hmm. because if video games, if there was a direct correlation between video games and mass killings, we would have a hundredfold more mass killings than we mm -hmm. have. Okay. Because um, 
people all over the world play violent video games. And that includes countries like South Korea, the most wired country in the world, Japan, all over mm. Europe. And these are not countries where we see mass killings. Oh. So um, if, if it were just video games, it would have been really simple. We would just stop the video games, stop, and really, stop yeah. the violent video games, and mm. then we wouldn't be having mass killings. But instead, what we're seeing is that mass killings, particularly in the last five years, are increasing in frequency frequency. They're becoming more deadly, so more people killed in each event. They're expanding to more locations, so not just, um, you know, schools and, and post offices, mm -hmm. the workplace shootings, but concerts, churches, synagogues, and they're more apt to be motivated by extremist violence and hate. And, oh, wow. and so that's racism, white supremacy, um, racial, other forms of racial hatred, like against immigrants, and then misogyny, mm -hmm. violence against women is another big trend. So is it, are the killers younger? I mean, I, when I was reading through the book, I'm like thinking that most of the killers are younger than what you would expect. Um, most school shooters, if we're talking about K through 12, most mm. what you could say a 15 to 16 year old male would be the typical age range. But wow. when we move into the more extremist killings, um, racial hatred, misogyny, you're moving into older age groups mm. and workplace killers can be up into, into any age. So they're kind of distinctions. And then college university shooters, there have been a number of those, and those are generally college age. So most students, whether it's college or high school, they're uh, perpetrating at their own school. Mm -hmm. so wow. That's the most common thing. I know yeah. Nancy was reading your book and um, mm -hmm. going like, wow, you know, because, you know, when we talk about shootings now, it becomes very political and people are like, you know, it, everybody's scared of losing their rights to bear arms. And it becomes this hot topic when at the meantime, we're, we're looking at people getting killed in supermarkets. Um, remember doing the show mm -hmm. when Gabby Gifford got shot in Tucson. Um, yeah. And actually mm -hmm. a guest that was a therapist was supposed to be on our show that while we were doing our show live and mm -hmm. he texted me, he's like, you're not going to believe what just happened. And people are texting me during the show. We're having a, it was a quality of life show. We're having a nice talk about, you know, how do, I don't know, was it fashion? I don't know what we were talking about, but mm -hmm. I'm getting all these texts that mm -hmm. Gabby Gifford uh, had been shot and he had just shaken her hand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and he's actually was held hostage in a bank in DC way back when he's yeah. been through a lot. And he, he was telling me, I don't know if I can do this. And I'm like, well, just come on and tell us what happened. And it was a really scary thing to just mm -hmm. think that your neighborhood market so you could just, you know, we've been robbed at gunpoint uh, mm -hmm. more than once, just being in the places we've lived. And there's a PTSD that comes with it later and you don't even realize, you know, what's going on, yes. but you become very, you realize how vulnerable you are at, at, in the world. And the last mm -hmm. time we got robbed at gunpoint was in New Orleans and it was getting in the mm -hmm. car and all of a sudden there's a gun at my head. And it took 10 years to mm -hmm. get past that. You thought every time you're at a stoplight, someone's going to get in the car or shoot mm -hmm. you. Um, so when you think about these mass shootings that are really big, the amount of PTSD has got to be huge. Yeah. And that's really one of my, I mean, I have a million concerns about the topic, right? But one of right. them is the way mm -hmm. that each mass shooting 
even if we're not directly connected to it and no one we know is directly connected to it, it changes the way we view the world yes. and it changes the way mm -hmm. we all behave. And do mm -hmm. we feel safe at movie theaters or concerts? Right. Do we feel safe in our mm -hmm. church or synagogue, you know, and even in the supermarket, you know, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's, it's causing this level of anxiety. I call it like this buzz of anxiety mm. in the culture. And certainly the more that these things happen, the more kids feel it, kids see it on the news, mm -hmm. kids have the traumatizing, often traumatizing lockdown drills in school. I have so many clients that are teachers. And after Sandy Hook, my practice was flooded with teachers with panic mm -hmm. attacks and anxiety just because of the fear that this could happen. And statistically, the odds are low, you know, for any one of us that it's going to happen in our school. But yet everybody has to prepare. Everybody wants to feel like they're, they're doing their utmost. Um, but it comes with a psychological cost. And we've got anxious kids, anx anxious teachers, anxious parents. And it's just something that troubles me because if we come at it purely from a public health perspective, this is one of the most preventable crimes if we understood it better and mm -hmm. if people knew what to do when they hear about someone who's showing the red flags and leaning in the direction of this could be a dangerous person. You know, it's interesting. We used to, we lived in Kenya and then in South Africa, England, Mexico. When we came back to this country, um, having just come really from Africa, where a lot of things happen. Um, we were in a shopping mall and we saw a package sitting on a bench in the mall, unattended, like this package is there. So we just automatically went to security and said, there's an unmarked box, a package sitting on the bench. And they looked at us like we were nuts coming from South Africa, that's a bomb. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we had, and you don't realize that you carry this with you until something like that happens. It was an automatic response to go to security and say, hey, there's a package sitting alone on a bench. And they just didn't get it. And they yeah. went and picked it up and we were like, no. Yeah, yeah. we're like, out, no. get out. They're going to pick it up. No, you know, it's not how it happens in, in South Africa, where that was one of the things that just kept happening, where people would leave bombs and such. Yep. So, and so I don't know if that's a form of, you know, BSDD, but, or it's just a protection you learn that when there's an unmarked package and sitting by itself you go the other way mm -hmm. but it was drilled in our school like when i was in yeah. school it was drilled mm -hmm. in there if you went to a post office even any kind of public mm -hmm. government building they have signs up showing you what a limb pit mine looks like what an ak-47 is right. yeah. so i was raised that sense. way and so it's, i don't think it's PTSD, nancy it's just kind of that's how you are and you know those things happen you know and we've been in bomb scares so it's kind of um you, it, you it, it's kind of just adaptive and it makes sense, doesn't yes, it? Yes. That you yes. pay attention to things. And yes. I think when it gets into the PTSD, that's when, you know, it's, it's all on a continuum from low level anxiety to mm. somebody who's really anxious and having nightmares and can't stop thinking about it or having traumatic memories. Mm. You know, we're kind of talking about the same thing. It's just the matter of, of the degree. degree. Of it. Oh, yeah. Because so, I mean, you know, to us, when we first came back to this country, 
actually we felt that people were totally unaware. Like they didn't seem to, like we approach our car from the back so we can mm. see what, <laughs> so we can see if there's somebody sitting in the car or some, you know, we always, that's a habit we got from Africa is you approach a car from the back, not from the front. And so there's certain safety precautions that we have that we notice a lot of Americans don't have. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's called experience. Mm -hmm. It's not that we're, you know, like traumatized to the point where we think something bad's going to happen. It's just a habit. It's a, the awareness. I think what you're saying too yeah. is, you know, um, you know, she was reading your book. She was bringing up the fact that parents mm. didn't really know what was going on in their kids' bedrooms. So right. I wanted to touch on that because yeah. we find that it's the awareness is low about what's going on in daily kind of, lives. Yeah. And so let's start with the kids because obviously everybody runs to gun rights, take guns away, automatic weapons, all of that. But there's also mental health and, and looking at what's going on and why is that happening with our youth doing shootings? It's yeah, unnerving. Yeah. yeah, that's really, you know, there's so many um, important things in what you just said, but certainly if, if you're a, a mental health therapist and you work with teenagers, you know, it, it's one of the rules of therapy. You have to keep confident confidentiality unless mm. there's an overt threat and then mm. you're mandated mm. to break confidentiality but parents for the most part would be horrified if they knew what their kids were doing online and that can go in so many different directions but mm. it's um been pretty much the norm that the kids um young people who have done the recent mass shootings based upon hate based upon hate hatred for women or minority groups or other um, racial groups, it has been under the radar of their parents. Their parents had no idea that they were involved in these hate groups online. And it's wow. just, you know, it's kids are secretive anyway. We know that, but the internet has opened up so many dangerous avenues for them to meet with other groups of people that they mm. would never have met in their normal life. You know, they're not gonna right. run into the KKK, um, mm -hmm. but they meet each other online. And when you have a kid who's, uh, struggling. Maybe he's got some problematic personality qualities. And I can talk a little bit more if you want about what those are. But if you've got a yeah, kid who's, who's kind of vulnerable and has mm -hmm. some qualities that his life is not going well, um, it's far too easy to hook up with the wrong people online. And then mm -hmm. it becomes this um, echo chamber where violence becomes an acceptable solution to one's pers personal problems, which, you know, to those of us who think normally that's absurd. But um, the qualities that we see are common among people who commit mass killers. Um, the three primary ones are paranoia. Mm -hmm. And how that manifests is wow. the tendency to see that other people are doing things that cause my unhappiness. So if I'm not mm -hmm. seeing a lot of potential for a career, well, it's these immigrants that are causing that, okay. you know, which is, is generally a myth, but yeah. people find this in hate groups online. And so they start to incorporate these beliefs. 
Um, mm. And there's also with paranoia, there's a tendency to feed anger, to hold grievances, to keep lists of every minor thing that someone has done wrong. And sometimes even in young teenagers, you see these thinking processes start. And that's something when I talk about intervening early, we want to intervene with that before people go into fantasizing about violence and retribution. Mm. But you start with that paranoid thinking style and, and um, often the things that a person is counting as a slight are really minor and inconsequential, but the person focuses on it, they become angry, they build it up in their mind. And then the second quality is narcissism. And that's a desire to become famous. And mm -hmm. if the person feels like, you know, I don't count, I don't matter, I'm kind of a loser in my life. Well, hey, maybe infamy is better. And there, there's quite a few mass wow. killers who have written in their manifestos. It's about being famous and they want to see their mm. names on the news better as help. if they're going to be watching after, but they, they have this fantasy. They're going to be watching themselves become famous and what directors are going to be making the movies about them. So you combine that need to be special wow. with paranoia. And wow. then the third quality is psychopathy, which is where we get the term the psychopath from let's take a moment and think about the things you love it could be stuff like vintage vinyl stylish sunglasses or your exotic fish collection whatever your passion is the new multiply the cash scratchers from dc lottery gives you a chance to multiply your cash by 5 10 25 or even 100 times and enjoy a lot more of the stuff that makes you you multiply the cash scratchers from dc lottery if you love it multiply it please play responsibly Feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy. With MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired. Fearless. Unstoppable. And so that's a person who has very minimal, if any, um, sense of a moral conscience, and they can be very cruel and very cold. And so a psychopath can be prone to violence. And psychopathy is another one of those things that's on a continuum. It is possible to be a little bit psychopathic or a lot psychopathic. But when you combine hmm. psychopathy with paranoia and narcissism, that's a personality that a therapist should be able to recognize and say, this is a, a person, if we're looking at a teenager, they're kind of at risk. And we really need hmm. to see that they get some intervention and some support. So they don't hook up with groups online or somewhere down the road in their lives and end up going down a very dark road. Can you, can you change that thought process that they're having? Can you fix that? The younger, the better, the mm. younger, the better. Mm. The personality is, you know, we've got some strong evidence that a lot of it is genetic. And mm. so, yes, you can't, no therapist mm. can take a magic wand, unfortunately, and just yes. transform people. Mm -hmm. But the sooner that um, a young person gets into therapy, if you're talking a 10 year old, they're very flexible. 
14, still you've got quite a bit of flexibility. Mm -hmm. By the time they're 19 or 20, much less so. Mm -hmm. And by yeah. the time they're 30, probably not. You may be oh, able, wow. a clinician may be able to help them stay out of trouble by convincing them it's in your own best interest, you know, to stay out of trouble and work with them in that way. I've worked a lot with um, criminals and the criminally insane. Um, but the sooner the better. And that's why, you know, I, I really want to always focus on prevention and interrupting the, the pathway to violence early, because mm -hmm. it is a very clear pathway. And if parents had more understanding of the risks that their kids may be in, um, I, I credit teachers, I have so many dear friends and, and clients that are teachers, and they are swamped, and they are doing their best for kids. I think they, they really that's love kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but teachers are overwhelmed. And now what I'm told so often is when they see a kid and there are very, very troublesome signs about the, the kind of direction this kid is going in with antisocial behavior or fascination with weapons and violence, whatever those red flags may be, they just don't have any resources to, to get help for them. And so that's one of my concerns. You know, I always think when I watch cartoons, that cartoons are really pretty violent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, oh, the character is always hitting somebody over mm -hmm. the head with. So I'm wondering if we are not through cartoons, almost pushing certain people, certain attributes towards a violent nature. Yeah, yeah, really good point because mm. there's a lot of data about violence and kids and violent media. And mm. There is a very clear relation with kids being exposed to violent media to an uptick in aggression, particularly shortly mm. after they watch it. Now, if you have a really healthy kid, that doesn't mean that they're going to go out and do violent things. But as we just discussed, not all kids are healthy mm. and kids who have certain kinds of personality problems or other kinds of developmental problems, and they're prone to aggression anyway, that's when you see that the violent media content really can push them into more violent behavior. It also teaches, you know, we're teaching our culture that even minor personal problems are solved with guns and solved with some kind of violence. And we're not mm. really doing a very good job of showing that conflict is solved with words. Our government mm. doesn't always do a very good job of that. Well, yeah, know? even really? look at the Capitol, the Capitol, you know, the storming <laughs> of the Capitol on right. January 6th, you look at it and, and all the personalities you're describing, here's the guy with the horns on and the big, you know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say his name and, you know, just out of that, because he obviously wanted to be seen. In, exactly. in on TV, he was very prominent. One thing I wanted to ask is, what about copycat um, behavior? Because every time it's a shooting, it's almost like you need to, like the newscasters need to tell what's going on. But there's always that second phase when we've been in um, wildfires in a small mountain town, mm. and the first one was a real accident. And next thing you know, we had copycat and there was one way in and one way out. It's one road that went in and out of town and they set fires at the base of both sides of where you get out. Yeah, And it was yeah. like, it, and we all felt kind of like, wow. And we were all driving around with shovels in our trucks and cars and, you know, to put mm -hmm. out fires because there was someone absolutely out there to play copycats, copycats which yeah. was yeah. 
Ricky, it's huge. So, it's huge. So how is how do we balance that in society between we need the news and would be nice if it was just pure straight news sometimes. Um, uh, oh to, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? To quell the political divide. Without but, the drama. Um, yeah. And right. not hype it up to the point. Are are we giving a platform almost to yes. the Yes. Yes. And the mm -hmm. FBI has come up with the really clear guidelines for the media. And I don't know how well it, that always trickles out, but it's called the don't name them campaign. Mm. And so this has developed over the right. years because of the clear data showing after every mass shooting mm -hmm. event, there will be a cluster, you know, nearly oh. always, or at least a cluster of attempts. They don't always, they're not always successful. Um, but the idea is that we need to report the location. We need to report what happened, but not go into any great detail about the perpetrator the and certainly yeah. not splash their photo all over. You know, mm. if it's a serious journalist kind of doing a background study that you know, that probably has some validity, but we don't need to see their faces all over the news and hear their names and, and right. the, the ongoing, you know, Columbine went on for years mm. with constant. It was like celebrities. They become exactly. celebrities and we it's don't romanticized. That. Yeah. It becomes yes. this romantic, like, cause mm -hmm. we all like the villains or the underdogs, right? There's always right. that in, in characters and movies and books. Well, and look at Robin Hood, just Robin Hood was a thief. Yep. And yet, on well, no, <laughs> because television made him into kind of a, a hero, you know, rob from the rich, give to the poor. Well, that's not really what he did. It's like yeah, there, there, there's a, a group, um, and it's not a cohesive group, but it's a very large group of people that call themselves Columbiners. And mm. these are usually Ow. young people often teenagers are in their 20s who have romanticized the Columbine killers and you know the young women fantasize about romantic relationships what? with them wow. young men want to replicate you know what they did or dress like them and there's still an active subreddit that I'm a member of just wow. out of curiosity dedicated to Columbine and people wow. post in it every day so you want to talk about becoming the anti-heroes and it's it's just a tragedy but that really was in in large part a media kind of frenzy mm -hmm. and yep there was so much, and Michael Moore made the movie Bowling for Columbine, and of course that was supposed to be an anti-gun movie, but it ended up also a lot of young people still have copies of that movie, and they're fascinated with the killers, and so it's kind of fed scary the wrong element. Yeah, well. this is really interesting because when you we talk about that side of it, I, I was listening to a podcast one with a comedian and she was talking about how she watches porn and she watches specifically rape porn. And mm. I was horrified and I'm going, whoa, what, what, I don't understand. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't understand this, but it's very similar to what you're talking about. Like yeah. how, where are we, where this is not okay. So what is it that, what are we all missing you know, if, if we're into all, like, where as society, why are people attracted to that? I mean, what, what happened? <laughs> you <laughs> we know, need to go back somewhere. I don't know. 
So there has are to happen. so many ways development can can veer off course. And I, I hope one of the takeaways from my book is there's a lot of psychology in there and a lot mm -hmm. of it's pretty advanced psychology. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what are mental health? mental health disorders, actual mental illnesses, which are mm. brain diseases versus what are personality problems? And they're two different things. Mm. Um, and one of the myths is that all mass killers are mentally ill. And that's not true. They, they're definitely not happy, well-adjusted people. Um, but the majority do not have a diagnosable major mental illness like schizophrenia or something that causes mm -hmm. hallucinations. Some do, but it's okay. certainly not the bulk of them. But mm. when we're looking at development, there are so many things that can go wrong. And we've got a lot of um, stress in society now, you know, people always want to go back to the good old days and, and things were perhaps simpler, we didn't have the economic complexities and the social upheaval mm -hmm. and, you know, the kids basically on their own in homes so often. Um, and we certainly didn't have the internet with little kids having access to rape porn. And, and, you know, this Seriously. has a lot to do with the incel murderers. Mm. Um, I think these guys actually believe they kill women and go out and kill women they don't know because of this bizarre belief that they are owed sex. And since no women are giving them sex, not offering it up to them, they're angry at all women and go out and commit mass murder, which is so strange. But there are thousands and thousands of young men active online in these incel groups. Um, is it so it's like it, this is terrorism, scary. basically. Well, and it's and it, it's yeah. just a different word, right? Because yeah. terrorists do mass killing. And when you were talking about kids, um, you know, it's just growing up in Africa and Kenya and South Africa mm -hmm. and, and understanding what happened to young boys mm -hmm. being brainwashed by dictators like Idi Amin. Yeah. Yeah. They became these little killers and got, you know, patted on the back the more they did and did mass shootings and this fake mm. power that they had and and just this um just dangling the carrot and it was just well, really, when you see that kind of thing happen i wonder about mm. that being the same now that it's almost like when you talk about gaming it's like they're getting some sort of kick out of it it's like gambling you win the little mm -hmm. bonus round you get a little mm -hmm. joy right at a casino isn't it the same kind of the weird dopamine thing or yes. am i yeah no really? you're right you're right Ew. electronic media you know when it comes to anything that's been game gamified you know mm -hmm. things where you get points and even things like facebook you know you and i'm an active facebooker but you know it feels good to get those likes you know, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. there's an addictive quality yeah. with all of that, which is why we yeah. all have to self monitor how much we use electronic media. And when you mm -hmm. have parents who can't control their consumption of electronic media, they're not paying any attention to how many hours their kids are online, or in many cases, they're not paying any attention to what groups their kids are participating in online they don't know and i know they don't know because i talk to the kids you know wow. um so that is a huge mm -hmm. variable that we have now that you know my kids were teenagers in the 90s thank god it was simpler you know they were doing some early primitive vi video gaming but there was pac-man we had pac-man in front exactly. yeah it was a lot <laughs> mario brothers it was a lot yeah, simpler yeah, yeah it was there different no smartphones and you know we didn't have youtube we didn't have the 
you know, the, the racism and the hatred and the groups that little kids can get into. There's, there's something happened with electronics where suddenly you feel the freedom to say or do whatever you want was before you're face to face actually. And then if you've been brought up, right, you would, um, you would, I want to say, hold your back. I'm going South African here. You would hold, your careful. Means hold your yeah, you'd be careful what you say. You would, you know, negotiate with the person face to face. But when yes. you're dealing with a screen, um, and you and you get an instant reward for blowing something up on the screen, I I th- I can see where eventually, after so many hours, you. That would affect you, especially if in your day-to-day life, maybe you're not the most popular kid, right? but you come back home and, oh, my screen likes me and I can blow people up and shoot them and get an instant reward. Yeah, I'm know. powerful. I feel powerful. Yeah. And you yeah, get accolades from the it other players. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's, mm. What um, happens to the children that are abused or... You know, I, I know kids that have been molested or raped um, who end up trying to commit suicide or cutting themselves, you know, mm-hmm. and going through mm-hmm. that. Are, are they at a danger for going down one of those roads because there's another form of control or power? No, I don't think we have any correlation. You know, I can't say it couldn't happen, but I don't think there's any particular correlation with kids who cut. That's more of an internal, you know, they're taking their emotions out on their own bodies in that way. And they're probably less apt. I mean, we want to help them not do that, of course, but they're probably less apt to go out Mm -hmm. and be violent against other people. Well, because you would think, because from what, you know, a lot of times when we're talking about a shooting has happened, people go, oh, what happened to the kid at home? What, you know, did that spur that? That's one of those things. We always talk about mental health. Um, So in our family, um, Nancy's brother got murdered in a, in a workplace shooting that happened mm-hmm. and it was the largest one at the time. And, you know, we, we were here, we were in California at the time and it was in Florida and the FBI and mm-hmm. America's most wanted actually got him. And it was a big case mm-hmm. and he bailed over to Mexico, but you know, there was he this thing caught. about him. He said he was, he was off his meds and my uncle fired him. He was working in a gymnast store and fired him and the guy just went around the corner got a gun came back and shot my uncle and the other guy that worked there in the back just mass Mm. bullets and it was just it was a this was um oh gosh i'd say 95 94 95 and it was a big shock you know this Mm. was not normal and they were all friends and at one point nancy you even went back and double checked today you know because Mm -hmm. he used the mental health and it wasn't on my meds he stole his daughter from his wife and girlfriend yeah, he said he was off his depression medication, but then as the case progressed, he wasn't on any depression medication. Uh, so that was just, just he got mad because yeah. he was stealing from the petty cash box when my brother walked in and saw him, said, you're fired because mm-hmm. he's a thief. And he just went out to his uh, his car, came back with a gun and shot. He, if there had been 10 people in there, he would have shot all 10. If there had been 20, he would have shot all 20. Yeah. He shot two because that are the, those were the only people that were there at that time. Just horrifying. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's just like he 
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Yes. Whatever anger, temper, um... And so he, he probably had those personality qualities where, mm-hmm. you know, how dare you do yeah. something? I'm special. How dare you fire me yeah. or hold me responsible for the fact that I'm stealing? It's so right you had, there. Yeah, you had a, yeah. a pre-existing person mm-hmm. with some problems, mm-hmm. um, but it was personality problems, not necessarily a, a mental illness per se. No. I, and, I don't think it was mentally ill at all. Yeah. I think yeah. he was just angry because he got caught doing something right, really right and he so knew this is so wrong. interesting about personality versus mm-hmm. the mental illness because you yeah, said right. criminally insane and i always mm-hmm. go like when people do these really big things there's something wrong with them you know what i mean there's something wrong because who would want to kill somebody yeah unless, yeah you know what i mean and, so isn't there just some yeah i mean this I'm, I'm fascinated by what you're saying between the differences but then there's a criminally insane and isn't that where rapists go? Because I've heard that rapists, you can't turn them around at a certain point. Well, yeah, that would be, a, that's a, it would be a very hard one to work with. But the, the term criminally insane is a legal term. And I worked in a program where I, it was a forensic job. So it was a combination of working with the law and working with people's mental health problems. Um, but that implies a major mental illness. And so usually we're talking about schizophrenia okay. or one of the other severe, bra- it's a brain illness, right? And so people mm. are out of touch with reality. They're hallucinating, mm-hmm. they're delusional. They really don't know what they're doing. Right. And, oh, wow. and so that person could pick up a gun, have a delusion or hallucination and end up shooting people. But that's not most mass killers. Most no. mass killers, are they happy, well-adjusted people? No, they're not. Mm-hmm. But it's because of their personality qualities. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't absolve them of responsibility for their behavior. You know, they know very well what they're doing. They're predators. They, they plan it out. They plan like, it I out. I mean, when, when my brother was you know, killed, um, the guy had a, at least a eight, nine minute walk to his car. Mm-hmm. That's time enough to cool down. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So he had time to walk there, go get a gun and the nerve to come back. So that was time. That is, and then steal his daughter. Oh, yeah, he did. He's, and he was eventually caught. He's in prison now for two, two sentences of 75 years each for each person that he killed. Um, he kidnapped his daughter and tried to cross the border with her, left her at the border. And because of the daughter, 
the FBI and the CIA finally caught him in Cancun a year later. So for a year, he was on the run and he was finally picked up and extradited back into the States. It took a long time in, because of the death penalty because yeah, they wanted and, him initially yeah. for the death penalty. Exactly. And because Mexico said no. Yeah. And so the, a deal had to be made so that he would not be executed in this country as he normally would have been because Mexico wouldn't re like give him over without yeah, the the, political the, issue with the, that I, and, and that to me is yeah. crazy that's yeah, nuts but, but and whatever. he was probably a person that even though it seemed like okay there was a triggering event he got fired he mm -hmm. had very likely been fantasizing about that's shooting gonna, people yeah. for years and um and who knows if he had, had a gun but why yeah why did he have a gun right so so what about criminal back checks like you know back you know mm -hmm. background checks where um you know we we as we travel the country we we have a criminal background check on us because sure. we, we mm. pets it and so you're not going to go stay in someone's home you know and it's right. not for money it's just hey we're socially distanced with covid and everybody has to be mm. like you know are you a criminal walking into their house and are we criminals walking in you know as well so everyone has to be clean but i wonder about that like for the adult side for companies do you see that being an important factor, would that help? I'm always in favor of background checks. And that goes for people doing online dating too. I met my husband oh, on, yeah. on match.com 16 right years on. ago, and I did a background check. Right on. Good for you. Yeah. Good for so you. I don't think I agree. you can ever err with background checks. I, and... I, yeah, I really, really, really mm -hmm. believe in that. I, um, it yeah. might've saved him because then there were, they found that they, he had, other yeah. things that he had done and if he had known he wouldn't have hired him he but wouldn't have hired kids him. how do you do a background check on kids just right. just to say he lived across the street from my brother the two this is what's so strange about it um my brother hired two people who lived in his own neighborhood because they needed jobs so he hired these two and so they were all neighbors and they all knew each other and they all thought they were. Um, so it's completely out of the box that wow. no one caught on what this guy. Oh, yeah, we can't. Your, your Nancy's Internet went out there a little bit. Um, yeah, that. So how how did they. Get, you know, how did that happen with everybody knowing each other? Is that the same for parents? not knowing what their kids are up to. Mm -hmm. I think some people, and another um, term that goes with the psychopathy is they're very good at impression management and they can really only sh often choose to show people one side of, mm. of who they are. And it's interesting mm. that teenagers can do the same thing and sometimes do it very wow. well. I think most teenagers are a little bit psychopathic at times, you know, not, <laughs> well, not really, <laughs> but you know, they can hide things very well. I'm, and... I'm in my forties now, Nancy. <laughs> I know, not to me. <laughs> Yeah, but oh, but funny. it's possible to know people socially and often, you know, you see this with I talk in the book briefly about the family annihilators and that's mm -hmm. the guy that 
kills his wife. Usually she's leaving him, getting a divorce. He kills the mm -hmm. kids. He kills himself. It's Almost yeah. everybody will say he seemed like the nicest guy, the people that knew him at work, mm -hmm. you know? So obviously the guy had a personality problem, but he was very adept at hiding that dark side. That's what people always say. Oh no, it's the mm -hmm. town mayor. He wouldn't do anything. And I'm going, <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You always hear these Oh no, this wouldn't be. But if you have, I feel like when your hair goes up on the back of your neck on someone, I don't you care. Better listen. I don't care if it's the president. Yeah. If I have that, you know, and you I'm listen. not picking a president, by the way, don't get political on me, people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. But I mean, that's <laughs> the highest leadership, right? But if I have a hair on the back of my neck stand up, I'm listening to it, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm listening. Yeah. I don't care who, what, and where. And I feel like that's where Nancy and I are top going back to awareness. What can parents do? now to be aware of their own kids but what about their kids friends too oh you have to look at that yeah i think i think the more you can know what your kid is doing and you know i was a working mom when my kids were growing up it's hard you know mm -hmm. i don't want to make it sound like it's easy raising kids mm -hmm. now it's hard but mm -hmm. the more you can know what your kid is doing and know mm -hmm. you, who your kid hangs out with know their families um what are they doing online that is so incredibly important um, you know, the more that kids are involved in positive social activities, mm -hmm. and it doesn't, it can be athletics, it doesn't have to be, it can be music, it can be mm -hmm. um, art groups, it can be, you know, mm -hmm. chess club, I had one, one of my sons was a chess champion, it was so good for wow, him, cool. you know, yeah. so whatever you can get your kids doing, um, involved at, you know, volunteering, some kids volunteer at the animal shelters and mm -hmm. really get into taking care of animals, you know, positive pro-social activities and keep your kids busy with good things, you know, you know whether gymnastics, whatever you can find that they enjoy, mm -hmm. see that they're busy and occupied because when kids have a fulfilling life that has meaning and they have good solid connections with adults mm -hmm. around them, they're going to be much, le much less apt to get into trouble in in any way they have to feel good about themselves yes and yes. i know with with, with when <laughs> with I'll lisa like i was not going to because um our house was the party house for her friends because i could watch what's going down i could yeah. see what was happening right. as opposed to her going somewhere else so I was quite happy to have her friends come over where I could monitor and see what was happening. And there were, you know, sometimes I'd say to her, hey, you know, this one person, I'm a little worried about and this And now one they're person. all listening to you now, Nancy. I know. They know yeah. that I did that. And they I told them. And I did tell on some of them. I, I was very much the same way with my kids when they were teenagers. Well, when they were little kids too, you know, there's always the house in the neighborhood where all the kids are welcome. And I wanted my house to be that house. Me too. Because I yeah. wanted to get to know everybody and I wanted to, you know, be involved in what kind yeah. of games mm -hmm. or activities are they doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think so often parents are so stressed and, and worn out and tired. It's like the less involvement they have with their kids, the better. And- yeah. 
ultimately that doesn't work. You know, no, it, doesn't it doesn't work down the road. And I get it. I have compassion for parents. It's hard. I, oh, it, it is, is hard, especially, especially now, now because yeah. it takes two wages. Yes. Coming in, you know, as opposed to it used to be one person was a bread earner and the other one right. was doing the housekeeping and all that. You know, now it's different. It's like both people have to work. Mm-hmm. But what about the online things? I mean, is there... I don't know if this is now going to be a political thing, but shouldn't we have some kind of things that kids can't, I mean, I know, give a kid a phone and they'll know how to do it way better than all three of us put together, probably, right? (laughs) You know, or anything to do with the internet, but shouldn't there be some kind of regulations of what kids can or cannot get into? I know the FBI have been watching these hate groups and doing some fake ones as well and catch catching some of these, you know, the terrorist kind of groups, you know, which Mm -hmm. and big, you know, rings of, I mean, these racist groups are crazy. I mean, it really is kind of insane what's going on, but for kids to be able to tap in, that is their fuel. That is, Hey, let's soak them in because then we have our little, we have our little soldiers. And that's Mm -hmm. from my background. That's kind of how it looks to me. It's like, here, let's bring Mm -hmm. them in the wayward kids. Let's bring them in and they're going to go off and do this and Mm -hmm. they'll go get more. You know, yeah. that's how I look at it. Am I quite right on that? And, and is there a way to prevent that other than, it, you know, it, it's so complicated and yeah. there is parental control software that mm-hmm. I'm told I don't have kids now. So I haven't had to try to get anything mm-hmm. for smartphones, but I'm told that you can get that for smartphones. And certainly you can get that for home computers. Um, and so I always tell parents, investigate that, talk to somebody, a local computer store and go mm-hmm. in and find out with what you have, what kinds of parental control software is mm-hmm. available for you. Um, it's, it's rugged because yes, kids will brag to me that, oh yeah, I know how to get around all that. Exactly. I'm, better, I'm better at that than my dad is. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, when it gets into, yes, it gets political, how much control can we have over different platforms? But there was one of the um, message boards that was very popular with younger people um, for many years was called 8chan. And 8chan was actually a gathering place for mass shooters and wannabe mass shooters. And so after uh, a number of incidents in 2019, 2020, 8chan one of the founders of 8chan, in fact, the guy that did found it, um, a young man named Fred Brennan, he pulled out and he said, I think it should be shut down because of what it had turned into. Wow. And so shortly after that, it was deplatformed. And so it, it went away. Now, did some of those people gather other places online? I'm sure. I'm sure on the dark web or whatever. But deplatforming helps, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I do think we're going to have to be looking at this more and more because there's no doubt when you look at the data that the internet is fueling mm-hmm. violence and it's mm-hmm. fueling all kinds of really unhealthy behavior. And, you know, we haven't had it long enough to see what is this generation that grows mm-hmm. up with right. free access to violent porn all the time, kids at home in their bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And they're 9, 10, 11 years old. This is now how kids are getting sex education. But what about fear of the, you know, kids that are not that way, but now, you know, we think about, you know, you're talking about the teachers being nervous and, 
you know, they know that you go to school and the, you're saying the percentage is low, but it's still an obvious thing happen. Even going to the grocery store, it's like, right. I've, you know, I've been in a bomb scare in Walmart, you know, going, whoa, and getting people out the door because they're like, whoa, I'm like, no, bomb scare, out, out. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and it's, um, and it's traumatic. Yes. What about kids right now? They're watching, oh, COVID couldn't have been an easy thing for kids. Because right. now they're looking at, right. am I going to live like this for the rest of you know our life? Climate yeah. change and shootings. And then, oh, by the way, all the political leaders are pretty you know crazy to them now too. So yeah. we have this and everybody's mm-hmm. fighting. So for a kid right now that is you know becoming like a, a young adult, a, young, a preteen and a teen and even going into college, this is not going to be the the happiest times for them. Um, How can parents help and teachers? I mean, what can we do for kids? Because if I was a kid right now, honestly, I would be scared going to school. Yeah, lots lots mm-hmm. of kids are. Lots of teachers are scared to go to school right now. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. It's you know it's really rugged because on one hand we want to be informed about the world and know what's happening. But on the Mm. other hand, it's really hard on our nervous systems to be too informed. And so, Mm. you know, I Mm. tell all my clients, you've got to dose the news, do Mm. not have cable news go all day long. And a lot of people do that, particularly elderly people that are at home Yes, and they're getting depressed and angry and rageful. And it's like, turn it off, you know? Mm -hmm. So I do a check-in with NPR a couple times a day, you know, and then I'll look online if there's an interesting story, but definitely don't have it going all the time. It's not good for anyone. Mm-hmm. And, and particularly because it becomes sensationalized. Children. Yeah. And, that and it's, becomes, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, it's they designed only, to keep our amygdala triggered. So it keeps everybody frightened and angry. And yeah. we don't need more of that because they don't really concentrate on good news. Oh, definitely not. No, no it's so all it's all scary stuff. It's all mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. The other, the other thing you said in your book that piqued my interest was about the ability of a parent to walk into a child's bedroom and the idea that as a teenage. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only. Right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Person, you can tell your parents, don't you ever walk in my bedroom or I wouldn't the, have got away parent, with that at all when no it happened. Um, that a parent feels like they're invading their child's privacy so they don't see what's going on in their child's bedroom. That would drive me crazy. I want to know. Mm-hmm. He caught I me think... smoking cigarettes because of this. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I don't smoke now. There's a reason why. <laughs> but, you know. Well, you know, it's it's 
as I, I keep saying, it's hard to parent and it, it really yes, is, it is how to, how to make sure we have that heart to heart connection with our kids. Yeah. So they know we love them. And when we check up on them, we're coming from a place of love. We want exactly. to protect them. It's not exactly. about just wanting to come in and Spot. punish and, you know, Spot. and harass them, but it really is about wanting to keep keep them safe and protect exactly. them exactly you know whether we're looking in their rooms or looking in their history where they've been online i think yeah. it's a very dangerous world and they're exposed to so much and i think mm -hmm. it's part of being a diligent parent is you know and you can let them know look we're I'm going to come in. I'm going to look yeah, at things. I am going to look. And when we have mass killers who have had AR-15s and massive amounts of ammo hidden in their bedrooms or bomb making supplies, and the parents mm -hmm. never knew anything about it, that, you know, it's, it's horrifying. I, I can't even relate to it. Okay, so let's talk about guns because a lot of families uh, have guns and kids are yeah. introduced and some are taught. Maybe they hunt um, as a family kind of thing. Um, maybe they target shoot or whatever. What about that? I Weapons. mean, yeah, having parents that utilize guns, is that a, no, I mean, where do, where do we, where does all that go? Cause like <laughs> people are like, oh, Wait. kids should never see a gun. I'm like, well, I yeah, mean, the, you know what I mean. It, it it's like that's it's not like realistic. Saying, you know, because even you know, we told people we're we're going to be interviewing you. You know, the minds of mass killers, and people are like, oh, and then they're like curious, but it's this. It's we have to go there. It's a we have to go topic. there. It's happening, and I think there's a shutdown too. We all have that little bit of shutdown of not wanting to know, but there are parents that have guns and kids are around them, yeah. and yeah. Mm. It so, used yeah. to be when people had guns in my day, okay, if you went to like my uncle had guns, they were in a glass case and locked, locked. up, locked, yeah. not just hanging around wherever a kid right. could get them. They and were... I think there used to be a sense, probably in your uncle's day, that guns had a purpose. They yeah. were for hunting. Yes. And now I think there's been a cultural shift where guns are about being the terminator or yeah. being about you know need, um mm. a superhero or something so it's more of an extension of kind of this toxic masculine mm. power or it's defense what about people thinking about defense that if there's a shooting i want my gun so i can shoot back uh, you know, if that worked, um, that would be great. But it, the, it's sort of like the more people pulling mm. out guns in a crowded space and um, shooting people you don't even know. And, and who's the bad guy, you know, because now you've got six right. people pulling guns and then the police come. And when Gabby Giffords was shot, mm. the police almost blew away one of the bystanders because right. he picked up the gunman's gun after the the crowd tackled the gunman and so the, uh, one of the other people picked up the gun and the police thought he was the shooter so you know the more that's guns, a dangerous thing it's yep. very dangerous and and that <laughs> happens a lot in a, a group mm -hmm. setting where someone's holding a gun there were shots fired it's really scary because who do how do we know who the bad guy really was here mm -hmm. yeah so i i think that we can look at data are more guns making us safer we've got more guns we've got more guns than people in the united mm -hmm. states we've got more guns since the wow. pandemic started because people thought it was going to be the zombie apocalypse and everybody went out and bought guns and, and we toilet had lines, paper 
That's yeah, the way that's that the two things, yeah. guns and yeah, toilet guns paper. guns and toilet paper. <laughs> um, but crime, if you look at the rates of gun violence, it is off the chart in the mm -hmm. last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And so really gun, the more guns in society, the more gun crimes you have. And that's just public health data. And the more accidental shootings you have. Mm -hmm. So I would leave the arguments about the Second Amendments to Gabby Giffords and her organization because she can you know mm -hmm. explore that endlessly and that's really what she's dedicated to to now mm -hmm. um but i can say that statistically having a gun in the home you are much more in danger of suicide or you know if you're um married to someone with a gun you're five times more likely in an argument in a domestic violence kind of setting to be shot with that gun or for a child to get the gun out and, shoot, um, and yeah. shoot another child accidentally mm -hmm. or shoot himself. I have certainly mm -hmm. had clients where that has happened. Mm -hmm. You're far more likely to have that kind of an incident with a gun than you are to have a home invasion and go, oh, I need my gun now to shoot the yeah, home just, invader. Just the other day, there's a five-year-old in the backseat of the car who shot his mother while she's driving because somebody left the gun in the car. Yeah. Yeah. where the child could pick it up and a five-year-old isn't intentionally shooting somebody no no guns picked up out of purses by little kids um it's there was nuts. a local case where the mother had a gun in a safe she had no idea that her 11 year old had the combination to the safe she went to the grocery store left him home alone came back 30 minutes later he had gotten into the safe safe and accidentally shot himself and was, oh my gosh i mean See, so many cases i can talk about that that is so know. sad because at the same time i wonder like we'll go back to the cartoons and the you know mm -hmm. you know what's his Elmer's yeah. butt or whatever his name is with a gun shoot this shoot that and yeah. so it's kind of cartoony to kids Right. You know, mm -hmm. about guns. And then with the mass shootings, are you finding that we're becoming desensitized? It's horrific when it first happens and then it's almost becoming a norm for it people. It has become a norm. Yeah, it has become a norm. Um, In this country. And, yes. And one of the myths is that, oh, well, we just have to live with this now. There's nothing we can do about it. And, and Ooh, it's like so the great. first thing is, well, we need to understand it better. We need to understand mm -hmm. what's happening. And then they're all, you know, the last chapter of my book is the long one. And it's all the different things we can do. Now, there isn't just one thing, you know, but there's lots of things we can do to increase you know, the mm -hmm. odds that we're going to be able to interrupt something mm -hmm. before it happens. Right. And one of the things is pay attention to leakage. And that is most mass killers before they do it, they will make jokes about it. Oh, I'm going to be the next school shooter. They put up videos on YouTube where they even describe what they're going to do. That's they crazy. have they have leakage on social media where they you know pose with their AR-15 and camouflage attire. I mean, there's lots of signs that, that somebody mm -hmm. is moving in that direction, but people don't say anything and they mm. think they're joking well, or doesn't that happen for suicides seriously. too? Just personal suicide. Some very, people do very the same much. thing. 
Yes, people will give clues beforehand. And so one of the big messages that I talk about all the time is if there's leakage, take it seriously. Mm. And if you're not sure what to do, you know, that person may not go see a therapist, you go see a therapist. Because you know, a lot of what we do is problem solving with family members. And you know, somebody may come in and saying, I'm worried about my brother. And then the therapist can try to intervene and come up with some ideas to help, even so if the you, brother won't go in. But wouldn't you go to a police person though, if someone was uh, if there's on. ever an imminent threat, call yes. 911, call okay. the FBI, it's 1-800-FBI mm. tip line. Mm. Um, if there's ever a sign, you know, a hit, a hit list, or somebody says, I'm doing this in a week, or I'm going into my boss, and I'm going to blow everybody something. away. But hopefully, before you get to an imminent threat, you may just see some signs of somebody, I'm sick of these immigrants, I'm going to, you know, do something about it one of mm. these days, you know, you're hearing those kind of things. Mm. Um, that's when you can consult with a mental health person, okay. and just say, you know, these are things I'm kind of worried about. But mm. certainly, if there's an imminent threat, contact law enforcement and it's okay to do both if it's not something that looks imminent law enforcement probably isn't going to be able to do much about it you know if yeah. it's just oh well he pops off every now and then when he's mad you know but there there's that line between when is it best for law enforcement when is it best to get a mental health person involved ideally they work together and that's another mm -hmm. idea um, in the book is that we need to do more with crisis teams or they they can be called threat assessment teams based mm -hmm. upon a model from the secret service where you partner law enforcement people with mental health people and mm. they try to do a risk assessment whenever somebody is showing red flags or making threats and that's what another thing we can do a much better job of good good advice mm. very wow. good advice mm. i mean because it is that serious and so much is happening of course it's you know serious. and then you get crazy people like alex jones you know oh, yeah <laughs> You know, sorry, did I say crazy people in front of a therapist? Oopsie. <laughs> I, I, it fits. Alex Jones, I can't think of a better word to describe him. So yeah. I mean, that is insane. And people I need mean, to be aware of that. It might be funny to watch, but it's really not funny. No. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm saying the more you travel into other societies and cultures and countries, you will see things that will make you realize that you need to be aware. And it's not a joke. Right. And it's a, I don't want people to be paranoid, but be aware. Mm -hmm. It's the yeah. same thing as human trafficking. It's happening in neighborhoods right. to kids. And mm -hmm. I think they're the, I mean, I, you correct me on this. I think it's the same personality. It's the same kind of control thing. It is um, a control thing. But the, there's the human trafficking of what's happening with kids in nice neighborhoods. That attack that's happening and it's these huge crime rings it's all connected with the same things that you find online with these hate groups and things that, you know, I don't know. It just is that as families, families have to have that awareness. And that's a, I, I'm so glad you wrote your book because I really, mm. I, I think it's everyone, important. all parents need to, and community leaders, don't you believe community leaders oh, yes. need to definitely. have definitely. a backup plan of just, know that this is probably going to happen in your backyard at some point, if we don't at some point, be prepared. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And That's you know when somebody when somebody just needs to amass power, what control freak? It's what Lisa and I call them control freaks. Mm. When there's a person who's a control freak, it really does tell you they're out of control 
And when somebody's out of control, anything mm-hmm. can happen. There's yeah. nothing off the table. Mm-hmm. So in our experience, if you have a control freak around you, take some steps too. Yeah, I wish we lived in a world where we could all just sort of be Pollyanna and and yeah, love everybody. Well, and, yeah. you know, I would yeah. I would love to be in that world. I know. Yeah, but, me too. But, you know, if you do if sit in my chair and certainly from the perspective you guys mm-hmm. have had with your travels, you see there are a lot of really dangerous people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we, you know, we would love to see that change, but I don't think we're going to see that change in our lifetimes, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm glad you wrote your book and i know yes. Nancy and I are always talking about this kind of thing to people and they look at us like you you two are nuts like you you know we act like a, like doomsday people and we're not no. it's you yeah. can see what's going on it's awareness and um yeah. i hope for parents and families that it brings some light uh, and helps you know and i think therapy is needed i think i wonder about this about you talk about generations and and uh family you know genetics you know you've got to think we do a lot of shows on, on military history and everything and, and generations going from, I hear a cat, <laughs> generations going down from, um, you know, World War II to, yay, it's over. And then we have uh, the Korean War and Vietnam and all these different wars. I wonder if that affects things too. All, <laughs> this, all the major changes that society goes through, not just world wars, but depressions and mm-hmm. all of these things have impact on how we behave during mm-hmm. them and then after stress yeah stress. yeah stress really, really do. does affect the brain mm-hmm. and we've never had a sustained period of peace since the beginning of this country you know the wars have That's all true. been different but we yeah. never you know we say we want peace we're not very good at pulling it off you know we've always had conflict and maybe short little periods where we weren't involved in some kind of form it's an awfully big country Mm. yeah when you think about it you know and we have um places where certain uh um you know immigrants will come and so we have neighborhoods that these are all german these are slavic over here these are japanese over here we have conclaves of many countries in one huge country and we're all just trying to get along and makes it incredibly difficult doesn't it because yeah. we're, we're really many cultures we're not it's not just we're, an american culture we're many cultures and then you know exactly. often people say it's a melting pot well i have yeah, something's melting, but it's I don't not want a piece people. of. I don't want to be the piece of rice. No, <laughs> listen, I just say everybody go take a walk in nature, man. Go, go yeah, out in nature. It makes, take a chill pill. Thing. It's just we do need to get outdoors more, and I think COVID taught us that a little bit. Yes. Um. You know, outdoors, out in nature, really calms the soul, and um, hopefully, more of us will be out there doing that. But taking care of our land as well, but. Thank you so much, everyone. The Minds of Mass Killers is out now. And so Amazon, all those great places, uh, hopefully bookshop.org too. You can go to pshavonscott.com. That's P, the letter P, and then S-H-A-V-A-U-N, scott.com. She's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, thank you. Don't forget, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com as well. But thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, thank even you. more importantly, for writing the book. Yes. Thank you. Great question. Thank you.
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.